Hi, dear listeners. This is Iyabade. And this is yours truly, Dr. Muji. Or in my case, mom. Listeners, if you frequently stop by here, thank you for doing so. New listeners, we're so happy to have you. And for both groups, just remember to share this with your family and your friends. You never know who needs to hear this or just needs positive voices in the background as they go about their day. Also remember to text me, Iabade, at 650-360-7282. That's 650-360-7282. Send all of your questions, your feedback, your thoughts as you listen or even after you've listened, and let's connect. Let's chat. All right. With that out of the way, mom, the stage is yours. Thank you, my daughter. As you and our listeners know, this is a time of collective loss and grief, COVID-related losses. We are trying to catch curveballs. At least many of us are. Losses due to deaths of loved ones, loss of jobs, financial security. For others, and many of us actually, it's loss of social connections, loss of sense of personal safety or even safety of others. To help cope with our loss and grief, we can try the following. Name and claim the loss or losses. Feel the pain. Accept that you can't return to the past. You can't bring back your loved ones. You can't bring back your former job. What is no more, you cannot get back. Engage in self-care. Very important. Get support from family, friends, Join support groups. For some, it's going to be your faith. Hold on tight. Enhance hope. According to late Sierra Snyder, hope is both your willpower and your willpower. Look for ways to motivate yourself and at the same time to overcome challenges. Of course, remember that professional help is available and can help you during this time. For instance, a grief counselor, a therapist. Know that the length of such feelings, feelings of hopelessness, helplessness, and such will vary from person to person. So please seek help if you experience deep sorrow that is incapacitating or that is unbearable and is adversely affecting your daily functioning. Oof. I wasn't expecting things to be so heavy to start this episode, but to be quite frank, this is just the reality of the year that we've experienced. And unfortunately, it's also the reality of just our existence as human beings. Loss and grief is part of life. It's part of our time on this earth. And all of your advice, mom, was just so poignant and so on the mark. I have nothing further to add except just providing a reminder to listeners that There's a lot of intentionality that's required when it comes to managing our grief. When it comes to processing loss, we have to be intentional in how we're going to go about appreciating the moment and appreciating the potential for our future. In my personal opinion, it's not sustainable to passively, quote unquote, get through it. It will require some effort. It'll require some work. But at the end of the day, there is the possibility for growth from those experiences, from our loss. And hopefully that's something that for anyone who really needs to hear that today, you walk away from this episode and you walk away from even any episode of Catching Curveballs with that in mind. 
I share that sentiment of yours, my daughter. I frequently remind myself of the words of the Japanese writer Haruki Murakami. Death is not the opposite of life, but a part of it. That's so beautiful. It's painful to think about, but beautiful. All right, mom, let's transition. We've officially crashed the party. We've started this on a really rough note. <laughs> let's shift to a slightly less heavy topic, empathy. Can you start us off by helping us understand what empathy is? Empathy is the capacity to identify, understand, and share the thoughts and feelings of another, another person or another animal, including your pets. It is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes, in someone else's position, to see things from another person's eyes or point of view. Some researchers have identified three dimensions or aspects of empathy. Empathy concern, by that they mean feeling compassion on behalf of another. Personal distress, which is directly sharing the feelings of another. And perspective taking, which is sharing the cognitive perspective or the thinking of another. Others have identified four qualities of empathy. Perspective taking or taking another's viewpoint, not judging, recognizing emotions in others, and communicating understanding of the emotions. Polls show that empathy is on the decline. This is not surprising, at least to me. Okay, mom, I promised positive voices at the beginning of this episode. So what's happening here? What's going on? Because all of a sudden, there's now some decline in empathy at a societal level, which isn't necessarily the optimistic start I had in mind for us today. Just kidding. In all seriousness, I do feel as if when I think of empathy, I definitely envision that ability to put ourselves metaphorically in someone else's shoes or position, to see things through their own set of eyes, etc. I do feel as if there's a lead up to being empathetic, though. There's this series of steps that, from my perspective, are a requirement. The first, I would say, is that recognition that our experience or our view isn't the only one that exists. That ability to understand that everyone else won't see things as we do. They won't register and experience the same exact way or react to circumstances identically. I love analogies, listeners, so I'm getting ready to jump into one. It took me actually a little bit of time to think of this one before we started recording today. Let's pretend we're all wearing sunglasses. Think of your favorite sunglasses. All of us will more than likely select different shades, whether it's various shades of gray or red or green or blue. Some sunglasses will be polarized to help minimize glares. Once we have our sunglasses on, let's all pretend we're sitting on a nice sunny beach somewhere with hundreds of other people present who are also wearing their favorite sunglasses. Depending on the type of sunglass they're wearing, the same body of water, the same sand, the same objects will have a different tint. So first, we have to accept the fact that the sunglasses people have on will differ, and this difference will impact how they're seeing what you see. Next, after this initial recognition stage, we then have to take the time and effort to see how those sunglasses might be impacting what they see versus what we see. 
And that takes time and effort. It isn't easy. It's not a simplistic process. It truly requires some legwork from each and every one of us. Okay, mom, next question for you. Something I hear frequently are the pathies, empathy, sympathy. How do both of those terms differ? I must say that I love that analogy of yours. You're full of analogies. That's a beautiful one. I relate to it very well. Some use empathy and sympathy simultaneously or interchangeably, but they are actually different. In general, empathy is sharing in someone else's feelings. Empathy fuels connection, while sympathy is feeling pity and sorrow for someone else. I like how you highlighted the value of empathy in fueling connections. I hadn't ever considered that aspect. I also ran across a differentiator that stuck with me. It's that empathy is feeling with someone while sympathy is feeling for someone. So highlighting that difference in the with versus the for, and also going back to your explanation, mom, of sympathy being that feeling of pity or sorrow for someone's circumstance or their situation or whatever this scenario might be. How then, or maybe I should say why then, do we display the empathy we do? Because everyone definitely does differ in how empathetic they are. That's true, my daughter. As human beings, we're actually wired for empathy cooperation, and giving and receiving assistance. So there's that general give and take that is natural to human beings. Empathy is actually observable in infancy, even before we are 18 months of age. For example, children will comfort their parents or their siblings. They might, uh, you know, rub off the tears from their eyes or maybe hug them. And then parents who promote and model empathy raise more empathetic children. Most people are likely to feel greater empathy for their in-group, that is, people like them, people similar to them, and less empathy for their out-group, those who are not like them. Research also shows that the more misfortunes And the greater the severity of misfortunes, the more empathetic people will be. It's never too late, however, for us to work on this behavior, or we can call it a trait or characteristic. Why? Because it plays many important roles. It helps us connect and cooperate with others to make them feel that they are being heard or cared for. The ability to show that you care for a partner, relative, or friend is crucial to establishing positive relationships. For instance, in healthy relationships, you expect your partner to empathize with you in good and bad times, in sickness and in health, the usual saying for better, for worse. Empathy is able to help with healing, both for the listener and the person being heard that is, the giver and the receiver. It's needed in professions. I'm sure you would want your doctor, nurse, therapist or counselor, or even your teacher to be high in empathy. And of course, you would want your leaders or your boss to be high in empathy too. 
No, mom, I like my medical staff cold. I actually like them to be apathetic. I'm just kidding. For anyone who might ever treat me or provide any care, I'll take either sympathy or empathy. I won't even be choosy. Something, mom, that also was helpful for me as we were getting ready to discuss this topic was some material that helped me understand what empathy isn't. Because I describe myself as highly empathetic, but I definitely recognize that I fall into certain traps. And so there's some that I wanted to share with the listeners because perhaps someone else out there, similar to myself, also can relate. If anyone's interested in the source, I'll text you the link because for me, I pulled this from a screenshot from a school counseling presentation. So it's not the easiest thing to cite in an audio-based podcast, but I'm looking at the picture. I'm looking at the screenshot. I can share it with you as well. So first, empathy is listening without judgment. Empathy is not telling the person about our own experiences. I think of this as a me too response. I know this is the wrong time to say me too, but that's truly what I think of this as because in an effort to connect or prove to the person that we're speaking with that we can relate, it can be tempting to share our me too experience. But realistically, now isn't the time to talk about you. It's not about you in this moment in time. You can share how you've dealt with a particular circumstance, but first, actually listen. Next up, empathy is trying to understand how the person feels. Empathy is not assuming we know how the person feels based on our own experiences. And for me, I try to remind myself to ask questions versus the assumptions-driven one. The person or people you're speaking to and interacting with, they're wearing their own sunglasses while you're wearing yours. So don't assume that they feel the same way you did or the same way you would. Empathy is seeing things from the person's perspective. Empathy is not telling the person things will get better. Do not say, at least, or it could have been X, Y, and Z. Trust me, I struggle with this as someone who tries to find something positive or salvageable in any situation, but now isn't the time to remind them that at least it isn't worse, or at least they aren't in another person's shoes. And lastly, Empathy is seeing the person as a human being. Empathy is not feeling sorry for the person. Mom, I'm curious how many people will actually ask me for the source for this one. How many will text me about this? (laughs) But um, is there any relationship between personality and empathy? A lack of empathy is characteristic of personality disorders like narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Some people actually have empathic deficit disorder. What are the symptoms? They include that they are quick to criticize or dismiss others. They struggle to show appreciation towards others. They have an inability to listen to others and just focus on themselves. Outside of a personality disorder, levels of empathy will differ depending on many factors. These will include your age, gender, parental modeling, and the roles we played in our family of origin. Let's pivot from one extreme to another. Can there ever be too much of a good thing when it comes to empathy? Or better yet, 
what are some negative consequences to being highly empathetic? Absolutely. When putting yourself in someone else's shoes becomes your major way of relating to others, you might be ignoring your needs. You might be excessively modest and you might be easily taken advantage of by others. This might also lead to the development of generalized anxiety or even depression. This is an example of maybe there can be too much of a good thing because I can think of so many situations where in an effort to really feel with someone, to put on someone else's sunglasses, it results in situations where it starts to cross a line where you feel as if you are being taken advantage of and exploited, or um, you feel as if you have to downplay some of your accomplishments or successes in order to quote unquote, feel with someone which isn't necessarily the middle ground or the happy medium that we're looking for. It's swinging the pendulum to the completely opposite side that could potentially actually have really harmful consequences. And it's part of what makes empathy tricky because I'm very proud to say that I'm a highly empathetic person. That's something I wear like a badge of honor, but I also recognize that there's a lot that comes with that that might not necessarily be very good for me or for anyone else who similarly feels as if they're highly empathetic as well. If we reverse that, mom, is it possible to shift from being highly empathetic to being empathy-less? Yes, professionals like doctors, therapists, social workers, journalists, and others who work with people who experience pain, like first responders, firefighters, police, may come to share the heartbreak of those they help and may run out of empathy. They may experience burnout too. They may feel drained. I guess we've gone into this with our compassion fatigue episode, so I shouldn't rehash it too much. But the takeaway here is that we all want to manage how we feel with or for others. It shouldn't come at the cost of our well-being and our mental or physical health. But we also shouldn't excuse ourselves or give ourselves a pass for not displaying empathy. It's not a valid excuse to say you're worried you'll be burnt out from being too empathetic to then not display empathetic behaviors. Because no offense to the world, to anyone listening, But I don't think excess empathy is an issue that we're plagued with. With that in mind, what can we do to increase how empathetic we're being? There are several things we can actually do. We can question our biases. We can look for similarities with others rather than focusing on differences. In communicating, pay attention to verbal and nonverbal cues. Be inquisitive when you meet strangers. These are just some examples. So in total, it seems as if asking questions is fundamental here. Ask questions to yourself and to others. Be inquisitive. And then pay attention to what's not being said. Pay attention to what's not being vocalized but is being shown in someone's body language or how they're responding to even some of the questions you might be asking. Okay, mom, this has been fun, but I've got to reply to more text messages from listeners. So let's wrap it up. We're ready for your quote for today. Actually, I have two quotes today, my daughter. The first is by an unknown author. Quote, empathy is seen with the eyes of another, listening with the ears of another, and feeling with the heart 
of another. End of quote. My second quote is by former President Barack Obama. Learning to stand in somebody else's shoes to see through their eyes, that's how peace begins. And it's up to you to make that happen. Empathy is a quality of character that can change the world. End of quote. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, remember to follow us on Instagram for much more content at Catching Curveballs Podcast. That's Catching Curveballs Podcast. And as always, remember to rate, review, and tell everyone you know about the podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you soon.